Jason, downtown Lee Summit is the heart of our city. And right in the middle of all that action is Julia E. Hampton, CPA PC, serving all the residents and businesses throughout our city. Julia and her team give us a full service company for your tax and accounting needs. How full? How full, you ask? Let me tell you how full. Individual tax preparation, corporations, payroll taxes, partnerships, trusts, payroll, bookkeeping services, consulting for your tax issues, dealing with back taxes and cleaning up issues with the IRS. Julia and her team have the skills and the expertise to be your partner in business. They've been in business for 16 years now, so let them show you what their business experience and a personal touch can do for your bottom line. Contact Julia today at Julia at HamptonCPA.net. All hail the queen! Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury and as always I am joined by a man who got all his steps in this weekend. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee I Summit. closed all my rings, my Apple Watch. Yeah. All the rings closed all every the day. Races. Me too. Got all my steps in. Some 20 some thousand steps or some ridiculous day. like that. It was a lot of steps. It was a lot of steps. I had fewer steps because I had a less walky job than you. That's true. And even but, with, I spent a lot of time on the golf cart on some of those days, but still. Yeah, and a fair bit of time in the info booth, but still getting them steps in. There's a little bit of evidence of me with my feet up at the info booth. Yeah, well, no evidence of me with my feet up in the uh, undisclosed location. But there, there, I may have. For a fee, I'll disclose. All right. So, Link to Lee Summit, as always, is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And today's unofficial sponsor are technical difficulties. Jason, are they unforeseen technical difficulties or foreseen? Well, if we are behaving like our uh, budget and finance committee, they're foreseen difficulties. I understand. And it is. I, I got word. It's a real reason. There was an actual issue, but it's, it's funny. It's the first time I've ever heard of foreseen technical difficulties that have not allowed them to show live the Budget and Finance Commission. Now, Jason, you know everyone was scrambling to watch that video live. Yeah, absolutely. We were all just couldn't get enough of ourselves to get on there, like the, the audience of four or five on the, uh, the, the feed or on channel two were up there. So now, just to be fair, they were planning some technical, uh, some replacement of some equipment, and the budget meeting got scheduled in the time frame when it would be down. It's not actually some horrible conspiracy, though horrible conspiracy is way more fun as a topic matter than, well, we were fixing some stuff. Right, so we're gonna say, well, they were fixing some stuff, and the video will be available at some point. But it's more fun to tell the story if there was a conspiracy. There was a conspiracy. They didn't want you to see the work that they were doing at the Budget and Finance Committee. Deep state. Yep. All right. That's all. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Hey, exciting things happening at Link to Lee Summit, Jason. We've been adding some new people. There's some new guest writers. You know, first you came on with this podcast. As a guest talker. As a guest talker. Um, but in recent months, we have added uh, John Bedoin, who's a former publisher of another local publication, has come on and started writing columns. Kathy Smith, who's on the Preservation Commission and is director at the museum. Um, she was a guest of ours recently, but she started writing some regular columns. I like that because it adds other perspectives and other other views on the community and what's going on. Nick, does this mean that 
you sitting once a week and listening to me rant at you about things is not enough variety of viewpoints for you? No. No, I get bored with us. Okay. But really what I want to say is it's doing what I hoped it would do, which is sparking more conversation in the community. And I want to talk a little bit about a response I got this week based on a column from John Bedoin where he was... He posited that maybe some of our adult leaders weren't setting the best of examples for kids. And I thought, while only half of it was local-ish. Because you can't really put a leash on John Bedoin. No. No, you can't. <laughs> but I thought he raised some good issues. And, and one of the points was that for three years now, there has been a bill before the Missouri legislature about student journalists. And this is 30 33 years now, past the landmark Hazelwood East case. Um, and once again, that bill was not voted on. The Senate didn't hold a vote. So it wasn't voted down. It just simply wasn't voted on at all. At, at all. So really what it is is there was no discussion, there was no debate on the floor, and there was no vote. Now, the reason our local senator... Senator Mike Searpoy gave to the Lee Summit Chamber Government Relations Commission, or committee, is it a committee? Sure. Sure. Was that the, he believed the senators didn't have enough understanding of the bill to hold the vote. Now here's where I take issue. One, the bill was four pages long. And two, it's been there for three consecutive years now. And I like to think that our senators can take the time over three years to read a four-page bill and know what's going on. And then at least have a discussion whether or not it's, it's a valid bill to vote. Okay, so I, I gotta agree. I think it's incumbent upon the senators to at least be informed on the issues that they're dealing with, especially the ones that keep coming up year after year, because clearly there's a constituency for it at that point. But I'm gonna make an offer. Is this an offer I can't re refuse? It's not an offer for you to refuse or, or not, but I'm going to make an offer. I'm going to put us on the spot. If, for some reason, Senator Searpoy, our local senator, for at least the next several months, has a problem understanding a bill, this bill or any other bill that's up in front of the senator, and he doesn't feel that he's had the time to really digest it and understanding, I invite him to come on to this program and I, and you, will help explain it to him. So you want to get your nerd on. It's what we do, right? I mean, this is the whole, like, for, I'm sure that when we started this podcast, you had some other idea of what we would be doing as a podcast and what have you, but what we really have I thought it'd make us cool. It's made us more nerdy, as it turns out. And, and we go through and we go through and we try to digest the pieces down and we give them out and people and hopefully understandable chunks and some of the very positive feedback we've had has been, it's been a great help for you to interview the candidates and talk about the local issues and really help point out where the differences and the issues are so that people can make informed decisions, make informed commentary to their elected officials and what have you. So if Mike Searpoint, or I'll even extend it to any of our local legislators, including Emanuel Cleaver and Sam Graves, if they don't feel like they understand a piece of legislation, send me a copy, come on my podcast, and you, they and I and you can have a conversation about it, and I will help explain the inner workings of that bill to them 
so that they can understand it. Can I extend that? I want to extend that a little bit and say, even if you already do understand it, come on and let's have a conversation about it. Because I really think that's our ultimate goal with all of this, is to take these issues that affect each and every one of us in this community and break them down and talk about the pros and cons and have an actual conversation, an actual public debate of pros and cons, so that we as voters not only understand, but then can voice our opinions to those legislatures, to those representatives. Right, because I think with given what Senator Searpois said, I think we're left with one of two options. We can take him as his, at his word that he didn't understand or was not able to get the grasp on what this four-page bill did and meant, that's one option. Or we can take the very cynical view that he was just making that up and he had no interest in voting on it and no interest in dealing with it and he wanted to avoid answering his public as to why he was taking the actions as an election official. We can pick our choice here or we're presenting the third option. Come on, have an informed conversation with us and, and we can deal with it that way. We are not afraid to have those conversations. This is true. All right, Jason. Taking a shot. Taking a shot there. There was a little shot across somebody's bow. Probably wasn't warranted. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But Jason, along the same thing theme about breaking things down, let's talk about a local issue now, one that is right on the forefront. It's been at the top of public conversation for several months now. It's time for an episode of As the Council Turns. And really we're going to talk about the budget. We really, really, really need music for that. All right. Let's, let's just talk a little bit now. How much money does our city spend every year? Uh, it's a couple hundred million dollars. It's a big chunk of money. Now, we have to break that out. And realistically, what we're talking about when we're dealing with those sorts of things is uh, uh, the general fund. Because there's a lot of the money that the, the city gets to put forth that goes into, that is dedicated money, okay? The, the um, capital improvement plan, most of the bond issues that we have voted on over the years have fixed locations and fixed topics where that money, that money can be spent. Those funnels have been set. Right, the parks and rec sales tax, all those bits and pieces that we've dealt with over the years, those have. The uh, hospitality, uh, hotel and industry tax, I believe is what it's called, or the bed tax as they like to call it, uh, is, is another one where we get that uh, getting to come forward there. So I think uh, as a whole, you know, so there's some limit. And so realistically, the budget is around, the, the, the general fund is around $70 million. Well, let's do this now. Let's actually, let's talk about what people really have been talking about. Let's look at, at, at Jason. There's a, there's a large, large chunk of that budget, which is salaries, which is paying the people that do the work in our city. That's that's people in City Hall, people at the Public Works Department building, people staffing our fire department, our police department. How much of that? What is it? Is it 66 percent? 66 percent is there. Now, I think uh, if we look at the budget as a whole, um, that number is pretty static. Um, so we had the conversation last year, all during the year, up through the election, and it was the driving thing that we talked about was what is the, what's the final number, right, that we're gonna be dealing with? Well, I, I think the, the issue that everybody's been paying attention to is, should we and are we going to pay those employees more? 
Right. And so taking a look at that, last year's fiscal year 2018 budget for the general fund was just over $67 million. And this year's proposed is right at $71 million. So it's a it's a 4 or 5% increase over the course of things. Uh, compensation is on that same par. It's gone up some, but not a huge quantity. Um, I'm going to try to pull that number up right here. Ah, there it is. It's up... Uh, change from last year is about two and a half percent. So realistically, this is not solving the problems that we were dealing with over the last year, if we everybody still assumes that they're a problem. So what you're seeing there is that that is, is coming forth, but it's not really making a significant change. There are some adjustments in the number of employees, some of their titling, some of the salary structure is being done. I'm assuming some of the the categorizing of those those job titles and what their what their pay ranges are is really what a lot has happened, right? Shuffling right. the shuffling the nose shuffling areas. around, probably helping deal with some of the compression issue as as they discussed it in the overall scheme of things. So you'll you'll see that. So that's that's the basic um, basic idea. So, but the compensation thing. The, the boil out here is essentially it's just a rollover from the budget numbers of last year. And so the represented groups aren't seeing a significant increase um, and they're all represented. So those numbers would have to be collectively bargained anyway, but neither are what they call the core employees, the, the non-represented groups of employees aren't getting a huge bump in pay either. That's not part of this budget. Now, there is a little bit of an increase and with knowledge that the conversation about said increases isn't over yet, the other thing people have been paying attention to in all of these discussions has been, how can the city increase revenue to expand the coffers so that raises could be paid for? What are some of those, what are some of those things the city is looking at now to increase revenue? Well, I mean, realistically, they're not. Uh, there's nothing in here that really recommends to pursue any kind of a thing of that nature. And I think that's gonna have to be started from the council to have a conversation about increasing revenue in a significant way. Because there has been talk about additional or increased of current taxes. Right, there's been, we had conversation through the early part of this year about potentially uh, doing an additional sales tax increase, sales tax increase to uh, account for some of those, hopefully pay for some of those things. Uh, there was a conversation about adding a a use tax or a, a tax on internet sales. Essentially, was the the main goal to pick that up. There was some talk about how to tweak the property levy, uh, the property tax levy, a little bit within the range that they have available to them to increase some revenue. Those are all ways to do that. We could get into a long theory about what the benefit of that was for taxation versus the other and how much money was created. But at this point, there hasn't been, since all of the uh, kerfuffle and hoopla right before the election, there hasn't been any post-election maneuvering or suggestions yet to put such a thing on the ballot or to make that kind of an adjustment in the city. Today's episode is brought to you by Stewie McBrews, where you're always reminded to never eat more than you can lift. You know some of my favorite food to lift is? Wings. Wings. Tacos. Tacos. Nachos. Spicy balls. I'm not supposed to eat the spicy balls, but I love them. And so every time someone orders an appetizer of those, I always steal some. 
and I feel bad because I'm not supposed to eat the cheese, but man, they're good. And their wings, you get like a thousand flavors. You got tacos of all sort. What else do you need? I got like a little standard option. You know, I kind of get the same things. Wings, nachos. I'll eat everything else, but I'm almost always ordering wings. Bacon and cheese, please. That's the ones I want. You know, I, a lot of places I'm going, I'll get like the same thing almost every time I go. Here, I'm always mixing it up with the, the type of wing or whatever thing I'm going with it. It's a fabulous place. It's located perfectly in the heart of downtown Lee Summit, right there, 321 Southeast Main Street. You can get there, park right nearby. You can get your stuff and go wander about, have a good old time. Come to Stewie's, heart of downtown Lee Summit. revenue side of things, Jason, let's, uh, one of the things that has been brought up over the last few weeks are our projections of sales tax, tax revenue, projections for revenue that's coming in. Mm-hmm. And there's been some differences between what maybe the staff side of things, the city manager has said, and what maybe the city council sees. Right. And so I think if you, you, you can look at this if you want to get into the city council packet, but at, at the most, not the most recent, but the prior uh, budget and finance committee, uh, council member Johnson uh, questioned uh, city manager Arabo about his assumptions for what growth in the sales tax revenue would be. And I think council or city manager Arbo has made a, a career, at least as far as being in this area of being relatively conservative in his income projections and and sort of pessimistic in his expense projections, right? Kind of, we guess we're gonna get less income and more expenses, and then when it all washes out, we should have some money to be able to put aside into a reserve fund and that thing. And that's the management strategy that the city has really taken over the last decade or more that's put us in the position that we're in now with a good bond rating and a nice reserve fund to deal with the things as they come up that we have. Councilmember Johnson's question was something along the lines of, of the average income or sales tax increase over the last number of years has been something on the order of 5%. It was like over 6% increase last year alone. And he suggested that perhaps we take a slightly more aggressive stance on what that would be. Now, I'm gonna give you the basic idea. Arbo suggests, and his recommendation is that we assume a 2% increase in sales tax revenues. Councilmember Johnson suggests that we do a three and a half percent increase. Now that now, sounds assume a three and a half increase in sales driving sales tax revenue. Not now is that a huge rate. number, really? I mean, if you if you take those percentages into real dollar figures, is there really a huge difference between that? It's um, and that's where I was going actually. So what that sounds like is a fairly significant difference. But what it works out in the term of this entire budget for the general fund is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, give or take. It's about a quarter million dollars. So there's really, I mean, in, in a in seventy-one million dollar. Yeah, through the lens of the budget as a whole, that's that's not a huge deal. Right. It's not going to solve our compensation issues. It's not going to solve a lot of things. Now, it may create some space in the budget for one project or another that perhaps Councilmember Johnson or another council member has an interest in to get funded or to get additional funding to to pursue, and that may have a big impact on the city. But it's not a huge thing. It's not going to make or break our budget one way or another. But it's something, it's just an interesting little tension point to, to see that that's, an, that's a conversation. That 2% number didn't get made up by 
Steve Arbo out of the clear blue sky, and the three and a half percent number didn't get made up by Councilmember Johnson out of the clear blue sky. And see me, I'm giving Bob credit. Right there at the beginning, I'm saying he didn't make it up. So Bob, if you're listening, there you are. I gave you credit. All right. So that's the biggest. So thing. really, it's just it's it, it, it's just two perspectives, two different lenses of looking at the budget. Right. And two there's not lenses. a huge difference between the two. A little bit of difference, you know. If they wanted to be a little bit more aggressive, like you, like I said before, they could talk about tweaking their mill levy for property taxes up a little bit, because like I said, there's a range within which they can do that, and and still without having to go to public vote or even an increase above that, that does have to go to a public vote. And so they could do that, but what we're really talking about here is allocating a relatively small amount of money around the edges of the budget. Well, let's now, let's let's take a look at where we're at. So there is, on this week's city council agenda, there is a public hearing on the proposed budget. So city manager Arbo will be making a presentation to the council as to... And there are many PowerPoint slides to come. <laughs> if you are a lover of PowerPoint... And who is it? And, and who, who is it? This is going to be your night because it's going to be long and there's going to be a lot of slides. We say that, we joke. There really probably is not going to be a vote to accept and enact the budget. This is just a presentation and that followed by a public hearing. Correct. And so what we have here is that the budget has to come before a public hearing before it gets voted on by the city council and, and deal with that. And that is on Thursday. So let's think about, as we'd like to do here, what can you do to make a difference? Right. So if, if, if I am a concerned, involved citizen who pays attention, I like to think I am, what am I looking for in this presentation? And how can I participate so that my concerns, my thoughts, are heard by the council? Well, you want to look at the, the budget presentation. All the numbers are there in excruciating detail if you want to dig through them. But and, and, and what you just said there is you can go to the city of Lee Summit site, cityofls.net. Right. You can go to the public meetings. You can click on you can pull this up meeting presentations, and pull up actual, pull the up actual the presentation budget, slide. Right. Actual budget documents, all the things that are going on there. So if you want to go through 300 slides on your own, you can. Yeah, and you think we should appreciate city staff. They, they've put those slides together for us. Don't you have a duty as a citizen to look at them all? And it's not 300. No, no you don't. I was exaggerating. All right, so you can do that. You can look. And what's the issue that you care about? Now, Nick, you and I, we just spent the weekend in downtown Lee Summit celebrating the wonderfulness of that downtown through our big festival downtown days. Both you and I care deeply about Downtown Lee Summit. There is a line item in there, part of our con part of Downtown Lee Summit's contract with the city. So they receive $60,000 of the hotel and industry tax, the bed tax, that comes to them on an annual basis to support the work that they do to have economic development and tourist type work within the city. That has been mentioned on occasion through the past that some council members don't care for that or question the need for that to go through. If that's something that you cared about, you could go to the meeting at the public hearing during that period of time, get up and say, it's very, very important that we support the work the Downtown Lee Summit does, or the Chamber of Commerce does, or the EDC does, or that whatever other program that Parks and Recs do, you know, all the things that the city does that you hold dear, any of those things that you hold dear, you can go 
you get your time, you're gonna get your three minutes at the city council meeting to say your bit about what it is that's important to you. And that's your opportunity to get in there and really have an influence because these council members are impacted by the testimony that they hear at those meetings from the public. And if you are hesitant to speak before the council, there are some people who don't like getting up to that mic. It can be a little intimidating. Make a phone call, send an email to your council member mm -hmm. and let them know. And that also has an effect. Absolutely, and that because they read those emails, trust me, I hear it when I talk to them, like off the record or outside of the, the business time, um, they tell, you know, almost all of their stories about why they support this or why they're voting against that comes from, well, I heard from my constituents, I got emails, I got phone calls, I got people at the meetings, I got all that, has a real impact on what they do. They pay attention. Their ears hear those words that you say when you send them to them in that way. And that is what you can do to make a difference this week in Lee Summit. That's all we've got for this week. We're going to pay a little bill here, hear from our sponsor, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Everybody's getting ready to go outside, time to grill, time to sit around the patio, so... Outside time! Outside time! Get your outdoor living spaces ready to go. Here's my suggestion. Go see my friends at Budget Blinds. Your outdoor living space, if it's even remotely enclosed, can be enhanced with exterior shades. You can get them in all kinds of colors. You can get them like really opaque or really sheer to bring and see through them or not to go through that whole process. I like things that have remote controls. That'd be cool. I'm all for that. More remote controls. So we have that on there. Can I do that for my phone? Yes. That's the next step. I want the shades to go up and down using my I want my, I want my budget blind shades app is what I want there. You want to call them. You want to tell them you want those exterior shades and you want to tell them that Nick and Jason sent you there. Go see him right on Main Street, downtown Lee Summit. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.